but I'm about to get up sick. I'm watching my TV, checking out the news. I tell my eyeballs fail to see. I mean to say that every day is just another rotten mess. And what's gonna change, my friend, is anybody's guess. So I'm watching and I'm waiting, hoping for the best. Even think I go to pray every time I hear them saying that there's no way to delay that trouble coming every day. All right, we are back. We promised on last week's show some follow-up from our uh, one of our legal correspondents, Nancy Yamada, who shared with us her low opinion of Sacramento's airport last week, but did have some interesting news about uh, an event that I'm sure some of you would like to hear about, which is the Occupy the Capitol rally, which will be taking place Monday, March 5th at 5 p.m. This will be taking place on the Capitol's North Steps. This, of course, is part of the Occupy Wall Street movement. The literature, which Nancy has sent, says, uh, Join us to demand that Wall Street and the 1% pay to refund education, jobs, essential services, and a better future. If you'd like more information about this event, I'm sure some of you will, please contact the Sacramento Central Labor Council. The number is 916-927-9772. Nancy noted this is part of a statewide action, which includes a 99-mile march from UC Berkeley to Sacramento. And if you do attend this event, please write us at info at radioparallax.com and share your experience. We haven't had Will Durst on for a while, but we promise he'll be back soon. We do have a couple Durstian items for you, including this from the Chicago Tribune. Since 1976, 1,531 public officials in the Chicago area have been convicted of corruption, the most of any jurisdiction in the country. The Chicago political machine has given us not only Rod Blagojevich, but also Barack Obama, which may partly explain the lameness of his presidency. Not to say, of course, that our phony baloney political system is offering us anything better. You got two gangs, two political parties, and if they serve up the choices which you have to make if you're going to put somebody in office, well, they... They pretty much have rigged the game, haven't they? The media just can't seem to get enough of this idiotic Republican horse race going on. Is Gingrich gaining? Is Ron Paul doing okay? Can Centorum overtake Romney? Idiocy we've tried to steer clear from. Of course, we are fascinated by Santorum, as was the Atlantic.com, which asked if voters in this country were really going to hand the presidency to a man who wants to criminalize abortions, even in cases of incest and rape, who opposes contraception even for married couples and famously equated homosexuality with, quote, man-on-dog, unquote, sex. Well, we'd hope not. But there is an inherent danger of rooting for a lunatic who's so bad that he can't possibly win. And of course, being that Mitt Romney just can't seem to win over the rabid right-wing Republican base, some people are talking about a brokered convention, something we used to see a lot in American politics. I'm sure many of you remember the 1968 Democratic Convention wherein Vice President Hubert Humphrey was handed the nomination without winning a single primary, thanks to the wire pulling of Lyndon Baines Johnson. But believe it or not, there are some people who are just salivating at the prospect of the old smoke-filled rooms picking a nominee at a brokered convention. Does the name Jeb Bush ring a bell? Russ Baker has quite a long essay on his website, Who whatwhy.com about the possibility of Jeb getting the nomination if it uh, gets down to the party bosses. 
I do note that The Week magazine talking about this said that the conservative talk show host Rush Limbaugh, Senator Jim DeMint, former House Majority Leader Dick Armey, along with Bill Kristol, editor of The Weekly Standard, are all thinking, well, this, this, this brokered convention really could happen. In this correspondent's opinion, if those four chowder heads agree this is a possibility, well, we, we, can, we can probably almost discount it. So many things we want to talk about. We've only got five minutes to do it. We can't possibly cover these things. Chris, if we had more than five minutes, we'd devote quite a bit of it to uh, the effort of certain regulators to try and build a new uh, straw to stick into the Delta. These tunnels they're talking about that'll, uh, well, they'll wipe out the fish life. How they can claim with a straight face this will improve <laughs> the fisheries of the area is just a mystery. Another item I'd like to talk about is the fact that the debris from the Japanese tsunami has been floating around for a year and apparently is about to make landfall in Hawaii. That's worth taking a look at. Also the story about the 17-ton haul of silver coins, which some uh, salvagers managed to find off the Portuguese coast, got claimed by Spain. And apparently Spain's making good on their contention that, uh, well, this, this, was, this, was meta- this, this belongs to the Spanish government. I don't know. The Spanish government we have today isn't the same Spanish government they had 200 years ago. Actually, this is an area which Mr. McMillan has some expertise. We'll have to get him to talk about uh, salvage operations. And although we don't have time for it today, we will definitely talk about uh, shooting mountain lions. When I was in Southern California, there was a piece in the L.A. Times about how apparently the Tejan Ranch had shot 20 mountain lions because, well, they felt the mountain lions were preying on some big game uh, animals that a lot of people like to, you know, pony up some pretty good money to shoot. So they shot the lions. This is, of course, um, illegal. Apparently someone wrote a nasty letter to the Bee about this, which I didn't read, but I saw the follow-up letter from a man from Newport Beach who said, The letter writer forgets that we are a nation of laws. If both the California Department of Fish and Game and the Kern County District Attorney have gotten involved and fines and punishment have been meted out, what's been left out? I don't know. How about the fact that Dan Richards, president of the California Fish and Game Commission, apparently shot a very large mountain lion on a guided hunt in Utah recently. I guess in Idaho, it's it's not illegal to shoot him. So the president of the California Fish and Game Commission traveled up there to bag a trophy. Evidently, a photo of a grinning Richards clutching the dead cat showed up online, enraging California's animal welfare advocates. Apparently, when Dan Richards was asked about the California moratorium on shooting mountain lions, which has been in place since 1990, his comment was, I'm glad it's legal in Idaho. Matt Weiser of the Beat tried to get him to uh, comment further, but uh, evidently he declined. Mr. McMillan, I think it's time we, we, we revive the Jackass of the Week feature of the program. Something else we don't have time for to talk about this uh, so-called birth control debate which the GOP and the Catholic Church is trying to whip up into some sort of issue against the Obama administration. Sounding off a bit of sanity on this was Kel Munger in the Sacramento News and Review, which noted that the Catholic Church's opposition to Obama's health care reform law, which requires employers to provide contraceptive coverage in employee health insurance, took some people by surprise, since it already included an exception for those who are employed directly by religious institutions, or perform work related to the church's religious mission. 
but leaders objected to paying for coverage for employees' birth control at affiliated institutions such as hospitals and universities, even when those employees were not Catholic. Noted, Kel, an awful lot of local uh, Catholics and Catholics in America just don't agree with some of these policies of the church. She quoted uh, Sacramento political satirist John Marcotte, who agreed that there was a disconnect between Catholics and their doctrine, saying, quote, When my parents were young, Catholic families had six or eight or ten kids, and now they have two or three. It's crazy to think that Catholics aren't using contraceptives. Anyway, we'll have more to say on that and a lot of other topics in the weeks to come, but we are out of time. This program was produced by Edward McMillan, himself a former salvage diver, but who regrettably apparently never located a cache of Spanish silver coins. Anyway, our profuse thanks to Andreas Kluth for his wonderful book, Hannibal and Me. Can't recommend it highly enough. We all succeed, we all fail. It's good to have some strategies for both. I'm Douglas Everett. You've been listening to Radio Parallax. See you again next week at the same time.